Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. All right, welcome in. Cube Show podcast, a Sunday podcast dedicated to college football. You know we're going to be with you each and every Sunday. Breaking things down during the season, we'll go through all the film of all the SEC games. We'll give you the X and O's perspective of what we saw, what we liked, how it went. And we did that during spring football as well. Now we're in the middle of our spring breakdowns via teams, but there's a lot of other news happening. So we're going to get to that and we're going to talk about it. We're going to try to jam it in, compress it, keep it between 30, 40 minutes so you can get in, get out, get all the information you want and need and have that Sunday college football fix taken care of. YouTube at Cube Show 61. Please continue to sc- subscribe to those. I really appreciate it. Um, I got a pat on the back from Josh Pate this week. He said, congrats on only being 170,000 subscribers down from me now. So we're making our way up. Yay. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter at Cube Show. Please go follow along there. We always appreciate that. Try to get a little bonus stuff going uh, and reaction. You guys can give us questions there as well that we want to hit. Uh, I got back from San Antonio early this morning, XFL championship game yesterday. Um, the Arlington Renegades get the win. Sorry, I had a complete blank there. I'm working on two hours of sleep. That's kind of where I was going. And uh, Bob Stoops gets another championship. And... Um, Luis Perez, quarterback, a guy we're not really familiar with with our part of college football, but there were a couple of SEC guys on that team who are going to get uh, a championship. So that was pretty cool to see. Really cool to be a part of the broadcast. See Coach Stoops yesterday and um, got back in for Mother's Day. My wife said the one thing she wanted was the Soho Standard Brunch again. So we did that. So yes, I'm full and I'm sweating and I'm working on two hours of sleep, but I'm excited to be here for you guys. Let's go right into the portal. Our team that we're going to break down today is going to be Georgia. Uh, we've already reviewed Georgia spring game. We've already had our back and forth with the Georgia local media and them dogs. But today we're going to kind of go into the entire team, what I think, and there's some interesting changes that are going to take place. And we'll sort of talk about those always brought to you by our friends at Wickles pickles, wickedly delicious. Go pick those up in your local grocery store. If you cannot go to wickles.com and check them out. They are fantastic. We have them often. We snack on them. They are delicious. You will love them just as much as we do. It's too hot to wear the hat for the entire show. Even though I'm inside, we sat outside and I'm sweating because I ate too much food and uh, it was 95 degrees. My truck's at 102 and I got in it today at the airport. Uh, nonetheless, portal still busy. We talked about how it was going to end and it was over. Still Going to continue. Alabama has been busy in the portal. Trey Amos, a cornerback out of Louisiana Lafayette, a guy that I think can be a good addition for Alabama, can be somebody that's going to help that football team. Uh, I've talked to some guys that coached him. I've talked to some guys that were at ULL with him, that recruited him, that know him, Um, said that he's got speed to be able to play man coverage, pretty heady. Pretty, pretty intelligent from a football IQ standpoint. Had a chance to maybe to be a little bit better than he actually was. I had another SEC defensive coordinator tell me that uh, we were recruiting him to be a backup. So take that for what you will. 
Um, however you guys want to utilize that information, you can. Also, uh, UAB safety Jalen Key. Now, I went and watched a little bit of Jalen, and you're going to get a guy who can manage the box very well. He played a lot of nickel, uh, so he'll play over the slot. But he also essentially like rolled in and played basically linebacker a couple of times. So that's not going to be too much for him. Uh, I don't think that that's going to be something that he can't handle. Um, a guy that might be coming into his own a little bit late. Um, physically, I think he's got the talent. He can run. He gets to the football well. He sees the ball very quickly from wherever he's lined up on the field. And like I said, he lines up in all the different places. Um, I did have a different one coach who was at UAB for a while, coached on the defensive side of the ball, tell me that he wasn't, he didn't really see him as a starter at Alabama. Um, but we've talked about this with the secondary a couple times now. Think about number one, how much you're going to be playing nickel and dime. Um, I mean, I, like, quickly I'm going to, I'm going to try to quickly here, get to Alabama schedule. But I, I mean, I'm just off the top of my head. I'm going to say more than half the games, you're going to be in nickel or dime more than half the time, just because that's kind of what the teams that you play do and what they're going to be able to be most problematic with middle Tennessee. Yes. Texas. Yes. Even though they can go 12, uh, I understand it. South Florida. That's basically Tennessee's offense now. Yes. Ole Miss. Hell yes. Mississippi state. Not as much. A&M. Eh, Probably 50-50. Arkansas, probably more so than not. Tennessee, yes. LSU, even with their backs and tight ends, they still have great receiving core. and They can throw the ball, so I'd say probably more so than not. Kentucky, maybe not so much. Chattanooga, yes. And now Auburn, yes. you got to have a ton of DBs, man. You just have to. That's what you're going to have to have in today's college football, especially with that schedule. So I think Jalen Key is a – you're talking about a kid that's probably close to 210 – can run down running backs. I've seen him do it on film. Physically, he's not afraid to hang out in the box, come up, play the run. Um, he he doesn't get out of control when he plays fast downhill, so I like that part about him. Uh, he has good production at UAB in a, in a pretty good defense, so he'll understand more complicated schemes, and I think he'll be able to be versatile, do different things. I would probably think he'll be more of a nickel, which means, you know, what do you do then with Malachi Moore? Where does he go? And I the good news is, like when we previewed Alabama, you can go back and get that spring preview. T-Rob and Kevin Steele are going to have options. Now they have another option. Well, technically two more options. They have a little bit of depth. And I didn't really see this as a massive need for Alabama, but it's a good get because it's somebody who's played a lot of football. That's the other part. Intelligence, a lot of football, football IQ, seen a ton, knows how to handle himself. It's a good get. Uh, Ole Miss gets... Akalo Stone, a Georgia Tech defensive lineman transfer. Uh, big 97, watched him on the plane coming home this morning. Um, short arm kid, uh, kind of a shorter, stockier, uh, good interior build for a guy that's going to go lateral. He's got good lateral quickness. So I think if you're going to use him and move him and still have a little bit of a bigger body, he can probably help you. Problem is, I feel like he's similar to what Ole Miss has had for a while. Um, we talked about the kids that you get from NC State, and like that's what Ole Miss has needed for a long time. Somebody who can pack a little extra punch on the interior of the defensive line and like play down and dirty a little bit. Uh, I didn't see as much of that from Okalo. I think once guys get their hands on him, he's pretty much stuck. You can move him, um, but he can hurt you with quickness as well. So a guy that that has the physical tools, but just you know, kind of does things in a little bit of a different way. Um, Louisiana tra- transfer defensive tackle. Kelvy Rose, um, he's he's committed to Arkansas. Um, 
Big 94. Watched him on the plane this morning, too. I like this kid. Now, is he twitchy? No, he's not tweaked up. I mean, he's not Quinn and Williams. Um, you know, he's kind of your straightforward, heavy-handed, push you around. There's a clip that I've got I'm going to try to get out a little bit later today where he just absolutely bowls over a left guard in pass protection. He gets his feet. He needs to work his feet. He's got great hands, great power. He's got pretty good get off. He's pretty quick when he does move. Like when they put him on the move, he he's disruptive and makes things happen. But I think he is a he's a straight ahead problem north south. You know, going to stick to a couple offensive linemen. They're not going to push him back. Kind of a guy. Uh, he's going to be a headache to block, but he's not going to be running guys down on the perimeter. You know, he's not going to be lined up zero no shooting gaps because he's super quick. That's not going to be his game. But raw power. He can handle the SEC based on what I've seen. I watched a couple of his games today. So I think this is a good get for Arkansas. I think it's a pretty good pickup because he's going to be able to help them inside where you need depth no matter where you are, no matter who you are. We're going to talk about that with the team that we're previewing today. Um, Also, uh, FIU offensive lineman Lydell Hudson switches his commitment from South Florida to Florida. So that's just a little bit more offensive line depth that they get in. Um, and that's a pretty good gift for them that they're going to be able to roll into. So, like I said, man, the portal stays busy. Uh, TJ Finley, Auburn quarterback, goes into the portal. We kind of expected some of that was going to happen. Uh, it's just it's it's not going to stop because the graduates can still move and different players can still go out and commit in when they know they're going to graduate because then you don't have to sit out. So. It's going to be something that's ongoing, something we continue to talk about. I'm going to scout the guys coming into the SEC, try to let you know what I think about them. There's a couple more that we haven't gotten to just yet. I'll get to some of that film this week, and we'll talk about them a little bit next week uh, and just kind of give you an idea what we're getting. All right, so now on to what we're going to talk about today and the team that we're going to preview. It's the Georgia Bulldogs, and there are a lot of different directions that we can go. The first thing that we need to say, though, in my opinion, is that you know this is a team that is most likely going to be in the SEC championship game and competing for a national championship. You can say spot in the playoff, but if they're in the they're in the SEC championship game unblemished, they're probably in the playoff. Let's just be real. I mean, that's just kind of what it is. Um, and I, I am a little frustrated, kind of, with this. Uh, a lot of people talking about Georgia's schedule in that. Well, it's just such an easy schedule and they have a light draw. Well, sometimes just because you're better than the teams on your schedule or exponentially better than most of the teams on your schedule doesn't always mean it's a bad schedule. Like th- there's a lot of teams that that probably wouldn't want to have to play South Carolina, Kentucky, Ole Miss, Tennessee this year. Cuz there are some dangerous offenses on here, which if you're going to get Georgia, then you know, I think that's going to have to be something you're going to be able to do, score points. Their defense doesn't usually allow it, though. Uh, I do think the way the schedule falls out, and we'll, we, we might hit this a little bit more later, McElroy and I were talking about this on our show, uh, 7 to 10 a.m., WJOX in Birmingham, 94.5, jocksfm.com. Uh, South Carolina week three, like if I'm Tennessee on November the 18th, I would love to flip-flop with South Carolina. Because the thing that worries me about the bottom of the Georgia schedule, I mean, look at this, Vanderbilt, Florida, Missouri, Ole Miss, Tennessee, all have depth problems. If Ole Miss didn't have depth problems, they wouldn't be going to the portal the way that they are. Tennessee's had depth problems on defense for years, the previous regime and this regime. They just don't have the bodies. 
I don't think they have the bodies on the offensive line either. So that time of year, you're going to be beat up. And I don't think Missouri is quite there from a depth perspective yet. And two of those at home. So if I'm Tennessee, I think week three, you're probably like right there coming out of the gate. Like you're track star ready. Your guys are healthy. You're feeling yourself. You're good. You're fast. You're, you're fresh. You're clean. No extra tape. No braces. Like, let's go. Week 11. Yeah. Ankles taped, knee brace, elbow brace, you know, battling, bone bruise, high ankle sprain. You know, it's that I don't love where that game is. I'm just saying. And then South Carolina, we saw them last year. They got hot late. They sort of figured it out late. So if you're South Carolina, you probably want to flip off that one too and kind of have your have your shit together by the time you get them there later in the year. So I just thought that was kind of interesting where they're getting those teams. We'll talk the schedule just a little bit more in a minute. But it doesn't always mean you have a bad schedule because you're just a better team. Because um, I do think there are a lot of really good teams. And like as we've talked about, a lot of the SEC teams this year, coin flip games, we don't really know. Some of these teams are going to go up. Some of these teams are going to go down. There's a, there's If you go look at the win totals, there's a lot of seven and there's a lot of six, seven and a half, six and a half in there. Because that there's a log jam in the middle of the league right now. And but they're not all going to be jammed. Some are going to go up, some are going to go down. All right, to this Georgia football team, it's going to start at quarterback. We know that. Stetson Bennett, back-to-back national championships. And one more preface here before uh everybody goes and, and tries to take our stuff and use it for their stuff. Um, when we talk about Georgia, we talk about them as Georgia, not as Southern Miss or not as Utah State or not as San Jose State, or not ha- as, um, you know, pick a team, Samford. Sorry. Like, we saw what they did to Samford last year. Love Coach Hatcher, but just saying. Like that, understand that the standard is the standard, and it and always will be. And I think Kirby would probably be pissed if I didn't reference it against the standard. So that's what it is when we discuss it. Carson Beck looked great in the spring game. My understanding is that Carson Beck had the best spring. Does Brock Vandergriff bring a few extra things to the table? Yeah. Gunnar Stockton from a mobility standpoint, maybe even toughness. Sure. But I think this is Carson Beck's job. Being a fourth-year guy, I think it's going to be massive for him. Uh, having the understanding of the offense, because it's not going to change a ton. Uh, and Even though even the things that, that Bobo does tweak, he's got plenty of time to be able to figure it out. He showed a lot of poise. But I've also heard Kirby say, Referencing his quarterbacks, when we make a mistake, we can't go full metal jacket. That's a Kirby quote. So I think that what that told me is that there are still some things from a panic perspective, from a mistake perspective, that need to be managed. Not saying they're going to happen a whole lot, but just when they do, you can't allow one to become three or the one to become the worst one. So manage some of those, limit those. And obviously, don't let them be the back-breaking mistake that's going to cost you games. Um, if that is overcome, or if that's not an issue for Carson Beck, then I think he's going to be fine. I love the way the ball came out. He's got good zip, good velocity, quick release. He had, like I said, good poise, confidence in the pocket, accuracy delivering the football, sometimes on the move. And I think you're going to be you're going to need to move a little bit in this offense because of what they're going to have in the backfield at tight end, moving pieces around. You're going to move the pocket some just to keep defenses at bay. Um, but I think Carson Beck's going to be the guy, and I think he has a chance to be great because I was asked this question this week, and then McElroy and I again discussed it. Who's in the best spot to replace their quarterback of the national championship contenders? Ohio State, Alabama, 
or Georgia. And I didn't really think about it very long. I was like, Georgia. And I understand people look at those Ohio State receivers and it's really easy to go pick that one. It's kind of like, ah, like you really want the hottest girl in the bar, but she might be mega crazy. But then you look at Alabama and you're like, yeah, collectively, there's a lot of good pieces, but how many great pieces are there? And then you come back to Georgia and the offensive line ain't even close. That's Georgia. And for some reason, everybody who I heard talking about that question, none of them really talked about the offensive line. It was, oh, if Travion Henderson's healthy at Ohio State and Buka and Marvin Harrison Jr. and Bama and Roy Dell Williams and these guys are loaded at running back and, you know, oh, they've got this and they got that. Amari Nodlak's going to break out at tight end and they got all these different receivers. Okay, cool. Who the fuck is blocking for them? Because that is what's going to dictate how successful you are at the end of the day offensively, no matter what quarterback, running back, receivers you have. You have the best quarterback. If you can't block, doesn't matter. So, and scheme can dictate a little bit that. Scheme can help with that sometimes. Tempo can help. Quick release can help with that. We just saw Luis Perez win an XFL championship yesterday because he got the ball out quick. That's what he did against Greg Williams' defense. He's bringing everybody. Got it out quick. They went and won the game. So, I think there's zero doubt in my mind of those three teams. Georgia has the best offensive line returning in college football. And if I'm ranking them going into the season, I would rank Georgia's offensive line number one. And there are big concerns at one tackle spot, but I'm not going to let one tackle spot dictate the fact to me that that group's not going to be really, really good. And I think theirs is going to be really good. So whoever the quarterback is, is going to have a ton of weapons to be able to manage and deal with and make his life a lot easier. You know, running back, I also heard Kirby, you know, late last year, into last year, uh, going into the draft, whatever it was, talking about how it's going to be impossible to replace Kenny McIntosh. Impossible is tough because I think you can you can replace that in a collective manner. Like Alabama, for example, you know, they're not going to have what they had out of the backfield last year, but they have more receivers and they have more backs and different tight ends that maybe they collectively will be able to replace that with. I think Georgia's in a similar boat. You might not have to have a Kenny McIntosh catch the number of balls out of the backfield that he caught last year and do the things that he did out of the backfield. I thought I had that number written down and I don't, but he was a guy that was dangerous out of the backfield and not just out in the flat, but down the field. And that's where backs can really hurt you because they start stretching the seam. Then, you know, you don't have running linebackers that are going to be able to run with them. So you're going to have to use a safety. So you're going to have to go lighter on defense. And then if there's tight ends, that can do the same thing. Now, who do you cover everybody with? It just becomes a cluster. Um, And I think this offense, by the way, is going to morph some, but I think Bobo is going to stick to a lot of what it was a year ago. It's just, can it be as diverse as it was last year? My immediate answer is no. Because there were still quarterback runs drawn up on a fairly frequent basis. And Stetson Bennett was the one that could handle those and manage those. Now, did he scramble a lot? Yeah, he did. And he made people pay for it a lot of times. But they also had some key runs, whether it was just quarterback power, quarterback sweep, whether it was some zone read stuff, and he would keep it, bootlegs with the option to keep. Is that going to be – you have as much of that in this offense. You're going to have as much with the backs motioning out and then the route tree being as diverse with them as it was a season ago. I don't know. Good news is you're deep at wide receiver. Ra-Ra Thomas is a is a he is an X. He is a number one wide receiver. He is an outside threat. He is big, physical. He can win 50-50 balls. It's a really good gift for Georgia. He's one of the best receivers in the league last year. And keep in mind, that was an offense that spread it all over the place. So in a lot of other offenses, he could have put up a lot bigger numbers. Dominic Lovett from Missouri is your prototypical s- slot wide receiver. You put him in the slot, you move him back and forth. 
You pitch in the ball, you hand in the ball, you push pass in the ball, whatever you want. You get him quick throws, you use him in the screen game, you get him down the middle of the field. He is dangerous after the catch. He can take the top off. He is exactly what you want in a slot receiver. So for Kirby to go get that spot, to have that guy come in and be able to do those things was a massive get, a massive get for the Georgia Bulldogs. Ladd McConkey has been super solid. We know we know what he is. Uh, Rosemary Jack Saint has been solid at times. We've seen him flash. And if Arian Smith is healthy, we've been hearing this for a few years, I know. But now you really have just that, that one guy that, okay, if there's nobody over the top of him, and I'm talking help over the top of him, we're in trouble defensively. Like he can make you, not saying he's a 100-catch guy, but he can make defenses play him a different way. And he becomes extremely dangerous. So receiver is going to be fine. And, you know, I, I put the I put the pass catchers up against anybody in the country because then you bring tight end into the play. And obviously we know we have with Brock Bowers. I talked to Kirby out at uh, the Regents Tradition in Birmingham at Greystone this week. And we asked him about Brock Bowers. And he's like, listen, we got to get Brock the ball as much as possible. And I asked him because I talked to Brock going into the Missouri game last year, and he was telling me how he lined up at tailback and like he played a lot of tailback in high school. I don't know if people know that. And so I kind of joked with Kirby about it. I said, "Well, just put him in the backfield." And he said, "Actually, in the spring, we use him a lot in the backfield because we were banged up at running back, so we just went and put him back there, and he he got some reps, so he can definitely do it." Greg was joking around playing defense, and he was like, "Greg, he could definitely do it if we need if he had to." Nobody's saying they said he's going to, but. Kirby also said we have to get him the ball as much as possible. He's that important. He's that dangerous. He's that good. We just we have to find a way to do it. Uh, Oscar Delp, we saw late last year. He came in, did a magnificent job. I think he's going to be versatile, uh, a guy that does a lot of different things for you, but I don't know if he's going to be what Lawson Lucky's going to be. And Lawson Lucky's got a chance to be up there. And this is, listen, these tight ends in Georgia just keep falling off trees. Like it's just, it's tied in you and they just, it just over and over and over and over and over. And I think Austin lucky might be the next in line that can really run great catch radius, great hands, but can also mix it up and be a little bit physical at the same time. So you have play, you, you might have two legit playmakers at tight end and then at running back. So if you've got playmakers at receiver and different receivers, slot outside, versatile move, anything guys, and then your speed guy, and then you've got your different tight ends, your move tight end, your inline tight end, and then you know your stretch the field tight end, whatever you want to call them. If you've got all these pieces, there comes your versatility. There come your formations. There come your motions. There come your movements. There come your shifts and different ways to distribute the football. You put some of these guys on the field, and how do you identify them all? I don't really know. Uh, so that takes us to running back, and it's not, in my opinion, a, a really impressive room right now based on what we've already seen on the field in actual games. Now, keep in mind, I'm judging this against Noshawn Moreno and Garrison Hurst and Herschel Walker and Todd Gurley, and the list goes on forever. So, And we just mentioned that Kirby said, you know, Kenny McIntosh might be impossible to replace. So Kendall Milton has shown flashes, power, speed. He's been dinged up. Is he going to be available? Uh, Dewan Edwards? Obviously, can motor. He's got a little extra twitch. He's got the extra gear, and I think he gets to it a little bit faster. Uh, saw him late in the Missouri game last year. Like I thought it was interesting. I asked Kirby about it after the game. Like, Why was he the one that slammed the door for you? Um, and obviously, I think some injuries had something to do with that, but he was able to do it, and he did it mostly on perimeter runs. Uh, so I think he, you're going to be okay, even with Branson Robinson had surgery, missed most of spring, going to be fine. But Roderick Robinson, a 
from what I my understanding from people inside that building is that he was the one that was moving the pile in the spring. He was the one that showed some physicality in the spring and opened some eyes. So that might be a youngster, and we're going to talk about a lot of youngsters that are going to potentially help this football team that you could lean on and say, okay, let's move on a little while, and then potentially he's going to be able to help us out. In front of those guys, your offensive line, I said it's going to be really good, and I believe that. Um, I think you're going to get Ernest Green or Austin Blasky over at left. I think you're going to get Xavier Truss at left guard. That's tackle. Cedric Van Prons one of better centers returning in college football. Whoever put this list out last week or the week before of the top 10 centers returning and he's not on it, they got to go. Like we got to, we got to cross them off the list. Like that's, it's not viable anymore. If you find 10 centers better than Cedric Van Pran coming back to college football this year, like we don't need to know what you think about football anymore. And I'm, I know it sounds like everybody's got their opinion, but people see things different way. That's fine. If you had him eight, that's cool, but not in the top 10. I, I just, he's the best center returning for me. And maybe some of that is I know about the leadership and I know about the personality and I know all everything he brings from an intelligence and how much Stacey Searles puts on him and how much he calls at the line of scrimmage. Maybe I, because I know all that, I, I think that way. I don't know, but I love the kid. So I, I just think it's ridiculous that somebody wouldn't have him there. Uh, Tate Rutledge. From what I understand and the information that I have, had the best spring of all the offensive linemen and made the most improvements of all the offensive linemen, which is great because, you know, he's dinged up a couple of years ago, takes him a little while to get going. Then all of a sudden, super talented room. You can't get into the mix, you know, when you wanted to get going a little bit last year. And maybe like it could, it could really ramp up for him this year. I kind of, I'm kind of starting to think that. He's going to take a massive step this year based on what I've seen and how the progression's gone and then what I've been told. And then Amarius Mims, who is legitimately, it, it, it's, it's like God came to earth and said, okay, football people, I'm going to create an offensive tackle for you. And then he put this man on earth and let him walk. And his arms go past his kneecaps and his waist is like this big around, but his ass is like that big around and his body fat's like sub 18%. And he can move and he's quick and he's strong and he's got power. It's literally God created an offensive tackle with Amarius Mims. A couple of years ago when I did the spring game, the first time I saw him in person, like I looked over at Matt Luke and I was like, holy hell, what is that? And he was just like, ain't that pretty? And I said, yes, it is. Because it was. So, but then I was distracted by Darnell Washington, who looked like an even prettier tackle, but ran like a tight end nonetheless. And that was one thing Kirby also said this week. He's like, listen, man, like they, we don't have another Darnell Washington. I was like, coach, there has, no one ever has had a Darnell Washington. Like, who do you even compare him to? Laquan McGowan at Baylor? Like the 400-pound kid that caught a pass once every four games a couple of years ago? Like uh, the Belldozer at Oklahoma? Like he's 10 times the athlete of those guys. So there's never been another one of those. So, of course, you don't have another one because nobody's ever had one. And I think he'll be tough to replace from a physical standpoint because he was so good lining up out wide in the screen game and just mowing down DBs or forcing DBs to just fall to the ground. And guys could run around him. But it's you can't build your offense around a guy like that because you're just not going to find it every year. It's impossible to do. Uh, I think this offense is going to be solid, though. They're not going to have to have the running back be great. And if the offensive line's as good as I think it is, and you have extra tight ends to add some physicality and widen the surface and force defenses to not be able to jam things down inside, you should be able to get the run game going with me playing tailback. So I'm not really worried about that part of it. 
And then after that, it just comes down to, is your quarterback making accurate throws? Does he read the defense? Are you, is your presentation enough to keep defenses at bay? There's a SEC West team that we specifically spent time on that earlier in our spring previews. You can go back and find the AM preview if you need to on YouTube. You can listen to it. You can watch it and understand what we're talking about. Munkin took that to the nth degree last year. And the presentation is what was so dangerous. That was also in our national championship game preview. I think Bobo will keep most of that. And here's sidebar on, on Mike Bobo. We talked about this a little bit when the hire happened, but it, I, I keep hearing it and people are continue to say it. And it's, you know, Mike Bobo, three yards in a cloud of dust. Like Mike Bobo, he doesn't hand the ball off. Like, yeah, when he was at South Carolina and had a GA at quarterback who literally couldn't throw the ball like 35 yards in the air, they ran the ball all the time. It's what they did. I mean, the game against Ole Miss, we had that game. I think they ran duo 38 times in the game, and they pounded them, and they won the football game. Look what he did at Colorado State. You got a couple receivers went to the league there, throwing them the football. If I'm not mistaken, the most productive quarterback in SEC history played for him at Georgia, not running the ball. I don't know what this – all of a sudden, like he just all he does is hand the ball off. I mean, he knows how to be complex. He knows how to be different. He plays to his strengths. There's a lot of what Munkin did with Coach Bobo and being able to watch how it operated. I would imagine that it's only going to continue to go in that direction. Now, do you have all the pieces and strengths in certain areas to be able to make it do that? Just going back to quarterback, maybe some tight end stuff. I don't know. We'll see. But this offense has a chance to be really good because they have a chance to be reliant on certain guys, obviously like a Brock Bowers, maybe even a Lovett or a Ra Ra Thomas, whatever that is. They have the ability to be physical and pound you. The offensive line is going to be good. They obviously know you're going to be able to do that. And then they can out-formation you and out-personnel you. And some teams are just not going to be able to hang with it. So I think there's a lot of reasons this offense could be special this year, and they might not even need the quarterback to throw for 3,500 yards. Defensively, Listen, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like there's a ton of concerns. And I know how many guys have gone to the league to the last two years or three years. I, I mean, I think Kirby's had nine first-round picks the last three years on defense, whatever it is, some silly number. Um, I think Michael Williams is going to be a star at, on edge. Um, he wasn't there in the spring game. I've seen physically what he's capable of doing, how twitchy he is, how flexible he is, how he moves. He should be one of the best edge rushers in the SEC. And the only reason I don't say should be the best it's just because of the limited amount that we've seen him. But there are not a ton of great edge rushers in the league this year, so he absolutely has that opportunity to be that. But it, it, there's still I – know, I know you people, the ones that want to say it and are going to say it, you want to say that and you want to – actually, you probably believe it. See, I don't believe it until I see it. I'm not just going to project it because of recruiting stars and certain other things and because of the uniform they wear. However, the kid's got a chance to be a star. Uh, also coming off the edge, a couple freshman linebackers and a couple freshmen on this defense that are going to help. Like Damon Wilson, I think is going to help. I think he can help from a pass rush perspective. Speed, speed, speed is what I hear. Get off quickness, agility. Uh, also Raylan Wilson at linebacker. I think more speed, more speed, more speed is going to be able to help. Now we know Dumas Johnson is the dude like Chambly, solid. But Dumas Johnson, I think, is going to make this thing go because I think he's their best blitzer. I think he may be their most instinct instinctive off-the-ball linebacker. And I think he's a guy that has a chance to take over games. 
And some of that's just going to be dependent on what the staff allows him to do. But he's a he's a legit playmaker. Where the playmakers are not is inside. And this is where we're going to butt heads. And this is where people are going to get angry. You guys do your homework and go back and find Kirby talking about not having a game wrecker or a train wrecker or not having, you know, the guy who can blow things up or take over games inside because I'm not the one that said it. He was. And they don't have that guy. Nazir Stackhouse has done some good things. Warren Brinson's been okay. Zion Logue's good leader. But we, this is the this exact same conversation with Alabama. When it started happening at Alabama, you always saw the next guy in line take over. Look at Jalen Carter two years ago. Did he dominate every game? No. That's why that defense was so good because it was like Wyatt one game, Carter one game, Davis one game. I mean, it, it just it rotated. Nolan Smith won game, but I haven't seen the next interior guy do that yet. And this happened at Alabama about three, four years ago. Like who's the next in line? And it started tapering off. And then Raekwon Davis had a big year and then Byron Young kind of had a big year and then went to the senior bowl. But like for a while when it was Quinn and Williams and Jonathan Allen and Jaron Reed and a Sean Robinson and Terrence Cody and Marcel Darius, like they always had that dude. When this Georgia defense is at its best, they have that dude in the middle. I'm not saying that doesn't mean the defense is going to be good. I'm not saying that doesn't mean they win a lot of games. But do they have that guy? And how many teams is it going to matter against? Because we ran through the schedule a little bit earlier, and I'll go down looking at it right now. I don't see a ton of great potential offensive lines on that schedule. Tennessee lost their two best. Ole Miss lost their best. Old Mrs. Group is going to be better than people think. Missouri's might be, but meh. Florida, huh? they lost their two best. Vanderbilt, no. Kentucky, horrible last year. Auburn has a complete revamp, may be better. UAB lost a bunch of dudes. South Carolina, my biggest concern for them, offensive line. Georgia Tech, not there yet. So based on the schedule, I can sit here and say, see, this is what can happen. You can say the interior of the defense is not dominant. It's not up to the standard. But then you can also look at the schedule and say, might not matter that much. Might not be a huge deal. But by God, we step in the SEC championship game. Maybe it will. We get in the first round of the playoff. Maybe it will. And then maybe by that time, somebody else develops and they're great. And we don't even really know. So it's fine. Doesn't matter either way. Um, but I do think off the edge, you're going to be fine. And keep in mind, I've, I've also said this for a couple of years now. This defensive staff is fantastic. And one thing they do is offer more precision than any other defense in college football. When they bring pressures, when they bring stunts, the timing and where they hit things and their aiming points and their steps are dialed in better than any other defense I see on a regular basis. So scheme can still be what wins for Georgia's defense. Keep that in mind. I know it sounds crazy because everybody just thinks, Roll out first rounder, roll out first rounder, roll out third rounder, roll out second rounder, and just see ball, get ball. This scheme can still win games on its own. Yeah, I got players, but the scheme can be what wins a lot of times too. Uh, secondary, I think you're going to have Lassiter and Everett at corner. Be fine. We've been waiting on Tyke Smith for a while now. The West Virginia transfer banged up. Now coming back in, uh, Janelle Aguero, I think is going to help them freshman on the back end. I think Kirby is a big fan of his was talking about him to us the other day. Um, 
I'm not super concerned about the secondary. I just, I, I think they have numbers. I think you have some guys that have played. Does Kirby want a little bit more leadership there? Yes. I think he'd probably like to see Malachi Starks offer up a little bit more leadership um, on the back end of that defense, but you've got leadership up front and at level two, and then you got playmakers on the edge and that linebacker off the ball. So it all should be fine. And if your offense can play ball control with a great offensive line and a bunch of weapons you're moving around, you should be okay. At the end of the day, I think the offense can be as good, maybe not quite as explosive as last year. Brock Bowers needs to be emphasized more often, in my opinion. Defensively, I just don't know if they will consistently be as disruptive up front. The one thing that I will say that is also a minor concern about Georgia when you look at the guys that have hit the portal this year, I mean, b- people are going to go nuts about Bear Alexander. All right. We well, got Shane Washington, defensive lineman went. Tres Marshall, linebacker went. Linebacker Ryan Davis went. Okay, so now you add that to all the guys that have gone to the league the last two, three years. We've seen this with Ohio State in their front. We've kind of seen it with Bama and their linebackers. Like, does it hit you at some point? Ohio State in their corners kind of too. Like, is there a point that it hits you and you just you don't catch up for a year or two? I don't know if that happens this year, but I'm just saying, like, there's been attrition at two spots. And if there was an injury or two, maybe you're a little bit concerned. With teams like Georgia, who are probably going to win all their games, you nitpick them. Yes, you do. And I'm in the boat that there's not a ton of teams that can win a national championship this year. Georgia is one of those teams. And I barely get past one hand when I count the teams that I think can win a national title this year. So I think the coaching moves were brilliant by Kirby. I love bringing Bobo in specifically because he was there last year. You have multiple D coordinators on your staff. So the brain power there is always going to give you a massive advantage. And there's talent all over the place. And there's flex talent. So talent that can do different things. And that's dangerous, man, because everything is becoming so specific. Position, sport, what hand, what foot, which way. Like, I can only play left slot receiver, coach. Well, when you got a bunch of guys that can move around and do a lot of different things, look at Georgia's offense last year. You're going to be in good shape. I think Georgia's in a great spot to potentially go win the East. I think they're potentially going to win the SEC championship, and they're probably going to be back in the playoff. So we'll have different conversations about Georgia then. But there's a lot of young players to be excited about. A lot of young players are going to play. It's going to happen. So when they get that NIL money, they need to go to BlueDeltaJeans.com. And they need to talk to Nick. And they need to say, I want the best denim I've ever had in my life. And I want custom denim that's comfortable, flexible, cool in the hot summers that we get down here in the South. And I want you to make me a couple pair because Nick's going to do that for you. BlueDeltaJeans.com, most comfortable pair of jeans I have ever worn. All right, thanks for being with us again. I appreciate it. College football on Sunday. That's what we bring you. Portal, spring previews. We have, I think, three more after this. So we'll get to those. We still got Ole Miss out there, Mississippi State's out there, Tennessee's out there. We got to get to those. We'll do that over the next few weeks. And we're still going to have more portal news. So we'll continue to update on that and anything else happening. Spring meetings are coming up. So we're probably going to have some conversations about scheduling. Maybe even need a bonus pot on that because it's going to be a lot. Saw Greg Sankey on the plane today coming home. Busy. We'll be back next Sunday to bring you more college football content. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Cube Show. And don't forget, please go subscribe on YouTube at Cube Show 61.
The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.